right, welcome to your Monday morning edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. It is our job to make you hate work a little bit less every single day. I am Adam Azer filling in one more time for Will Brinson, who is still out on an African safari. Uh, should be back pretty soon. And I'm with Jamie Eisenberg. What's up, Jamie? Happy Monday. You know, happy Monday to you. You know what they say, where there's a will, there's a vacation. <laughs> well, walking in late, Will Brinson. Uh, yeah, so we, we're expecting him back. I actually have no idea. I don't care what he At does. this point, it's walking in never. Walking in never. Win, Brinson. Uh, we have uh, five or six topics for you on today's show, and a couple of them are Patriots-related. Let's jump right into it. Julian Edelman, suspended for four games. We talked about this on Fantasy Football Today, but not on the Pick 6 podcast. Now, he's appealing the suspension. Those games are Houston at home. Yeah, actually, let's do that. Let's go through it one by one. Win or loss without Julian Edelman. Houston at home to start the season. Uh, are they wearing their jackets or not, the Texans? I don't get it. The Letterman jackets that they wore to the Patriots in New England that one time, and then they got blasted. Ooh. You remember that story? I don't remember that story. Yeah, I guess no. I should know that story. Uh, um, it, it, it's certainly an interest, more interesting game because the Texans will hopefully be healthy, but Patriots win. At Jacksonville, week two. Win. Detroit, at Detroit in week three. The Patricia Bowl, lose. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say they lose. I'm gonna say they lose back-to-back road games, if that's really a thing. Uh, Miami at home in week four. A win. That's a win. Alright, so three and one. I'll tell you why this is important, this Edelman suspension. Tom Brady is, not including Super Bowls, 19 and three at home in the playoffs. Three and four on the road. Three and four. He's only played seven road playoff games, played 22 home playoff games. Again, not including Super Bowls. Now, three of those four losses were at Denver, and he has not played one road game in any of his last five Super Bowl appearances. If you want to beat the Patriots, get out of Foxborough. Home field advantage is so important for them. And that's the, that's the really the impact I could see, you know, if it comes down to one game. Like last year when they went in and they beat Pittsburgh, I was like, that's it. They just won the AFC. Uh, you know, when they did that in the regular season. So if it comes down to one game, they don't get home field advantage because maybe Edelman suspension, Jamie, that I could see being the, uh, the big impact here. So you just listed, uh, four games for them. One of which is in the division, which we, I think both will agree that with or without Edelman, they'll beat Miami. Yeah. So if they go two and one in those games, they're going to get the third win against Miami. They're going to get five wins aside from that game against Miami in the division. So we've already given them eight wins. Uh huh. <laughs> Before we've gone through the rest of the schedule, we've given them eight wins. Well, I mean, they could go two and two in those first four games. I mean, Edelman is. No, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, based on what, unless you're disagreeing with me. Oh, no, no, I think they go three and one. I'm just saying. Okay, so, so three and one again with the win against Miami. So uh-huh. they're almost certainly going to go six and zero oh against the division. I, I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. Yeah. So it's, the, the, the problem is, is that, and I think we've talked about this. I don't remember which show, if it was uh, Fantasy Football Today or, or, or here on the Pick 6 podcast, that you think that the Steelers are going to run away with the AFC North, right? 100%. Um, so if that happens, that's really the only team I could see running away with a division. Uh... I don't think anybody's running away with the AFC South, if, especially if Andrew Luck and the Texans are healthy. I don't see anybody in the AFC West I, running away I with the division. I could see the Chiefs running away with it, as much as I like really? the Chargers. I just well, I think I, the, I think the Chiefs could be incredible. I I I I 
could see it happening, but I, I just think that the Chargers are good. I think the Raiders will be better. I, I think and the I think Chiefs' the chances are much are much lower than the Patriots and the Steelers for sure. Yeah, I just I could see it. You think sure. the Broncos are better? The Broncos are better than a year ago. Yeah, the quarterback yeah. play should be better. Definitely. Um, oh yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, we don't really expect. Look, they went to the Super Bowl without Edelman all year, but the difference is they don't have Cooks this year. Uh, so and they they don't have the same offensive line this year. They, they don't. They don't look, have Deion Lewis, but they have. They don't have Deion Lewis. Know, I mean, they, they don't look they, as good they, offensively. They. Still should be. Uh, <laughs> they still be got. Good. They still got twelve. <laughs> that's that's really much all you need. TB twelve. That's all you yep. need. Uh, all right. So let's move on to the next topic. Also Patriots related. Man, this this Gronk trade story. What did you make of this? So there was a rumor that Gronkowski might be traded on Friday. It did not happen. Denials. Depending on which writer you you read. Actually, I'm gonna go now and and. Recap Will Brinson's story on it because he did a really good job. Whoa, he worked. I I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, what did you make of this whole Gronk trade rumor thing? So so funny enough, uh, as we're making fun of Will, I I took a Friday off, and <laughs> I got a text message from one of our producers uh, for CBS Sports HQ. Hey, can you jump on and uh, jump on the phone if Gronk is traded? And I wasn't, you know, paying attention to, uh, Twitter at that probably for like an hour or so. I was with my kids. Um, so I quickly go and I check the typical, you know, newsbreakers, nothing. So I text back the producer. I go, you know, and without, you know, I could have clearly done a little bit more research on my own, but hey, where are you seeing this? And so I got back, uh, uh, two responses that I was like, are, are, are you serious? Like, this is who we're, we're sourcing, you know, for this. Oh, you, are you talking about the Reddit user or are you talking about the uh, Barstool guy? No, it was actually not the Reddit user. It was um, two other sources. I'm not going to uh, Well, no, that, I, honestly, I, I know you don't want to, so I, I will let you off the hook on this. But I, I think the media, we have to really, uh, um, we have to really, you know, figure out who we want to use as sources because I think this was pathetic, I, you know. So, so look, he said it, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it myself. Uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool said, I'm hearing Gronk may not be a Patriot by the end of the day, question mark. If I'm right, I want credit. If I'm wrong, I don't want any blame. It, it, op- now, now, it opens but, up a, but, a question. It can, should he really be saying that, and should we really be but, running with it? But, but that wasn't the only person, uh, at least, again, the information I was getting. So um, it's it's one of those things where I think that there was some, some chatter, uh, which could clearly be the case, but this is the different age of journalism that we're dealing with sure. is – you can say things like that and give yourself that out. If it happens, I was right. If it doesn't happen, oh well. So yeah. um, it I, I think was probably just more noise than anything else. Uh, you know, I, I did read one report that there was some talks with – I know San Francisco I think was one of the teams. Tennessee was the other. And um, again, according to a report, there, there were some trade discussions between the Patriots and, and San Francisco and, and Tennessee for Gronk. And then I guess subsequently Brady said that he would retire if Gronk is traded. Uh, it just, to me, it just never made sense because coming on the heels of the Edelman suspension, why would you do this to yourselves? You know, as much as they may want to make a statement that he's, you know, um, getting older in terms of Gronk, wanting more money and has been injury prone, he's still such a dominant player. Like you saw, I mean, anybody that remembers the Super Bowl, 
Uh, Brady threw for 500 yards. Gronk did nothing in the first half. He finished, I think, with over 100 yards receiving in the second half of that game. He he can just turn He's turn amazing. a game around. Yeah. He, he can turn a season around. And you know, if if they lose Cooks and they potentially may have known this Edelman suspension was coming with all the moves they made at receiver this offseason, uh, with Jordan Matthews, Cordero Patterson, Kenny Britt, keeping Kenny Britt at least, you know, after getting him at the end of last year, um, keeping Philip Dorsett at least as of now, you know, it it uh it would be a little surprising if they decided to go that route unless they just had, you know, some amazing plan in place. And if you're gonna do it, why would you do it before the NFL draft when you could at least have addressed the position uh, at a more you know prominent situation? And then there was another report from from Adam Kirkjian. So he's a former Boston Herald reporter, and he said, from multiple sources, here's what I have regarding the Gronk rumors. Told Belichick wanted to trade him. Offers on the table with both the Titans and 49ers. This is kind of what Jamie was talking okay, about. Okay, so this is what I saw. Okay. He and Robert Kraft had a closed-door meeting to discuss. Tom Brady threatened to retire if the deal went through. Kraft nixed it. By the way, this story, I'm reading it all on CBSSports.com. This was John Breach. It was not Will Brinson. Sorry. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, sorry, John. Um. But Tom Curran, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Curran, Tom Curran. Yep. Curran of uh, NBC Sports Boston said, resume your Friday. I'm told there's zero truth to imminent Gronk trade. And the Patriots released a very strongly worded statement about it. Uh, I, I mean, and Scott Zolak. Okay, Scott Zolak, another Patriots reporter. He works for the radio station, the flagship radio station. But just spoke with someone high up in the Patriots organization, ashamed by buzz generated on social media and Reddit. Unequivocally, 100% no talks of trading Rob Gronkowski. So I, I don't know how reputable sources on both sides say two completely different things, but it kind of bothers me because from a media standpoint, I feel like we got to be better. I, I shouldn't say we like I'm part of it. I've never tried. I, I never could break news. I don't yep. have sources. I, I respect the hell out of people who do. But this well, this kind of stuff bothers me a little bit. It does. I, I, I could tell you a story. Um uh, and somebody I think we're going to talk about today in, in Terrell Owens. Um, yeah. Back in, we're not. No, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so back in my newspaper days, um, it was the first time I was in my, my very early twenties, first time covering free agency and free agency at that point, this was, uh, you know, early two thousands, I think, um, Free agency is not like, you know, there was no social media, so it wasn't like you actually had to do reporting. It wasn't like, you know, um, it is now where you just kind of followed somebody else in, in certain cases. Um, <laughs> right. So I had a call. I got a list. Uh, I was the number two Dolphins guy for the Palm Beach Post, and I got a list of agents to call. The uh, head guy was taking. The number one guy was taking a bunch of agents. I got a bunch of agents, and Tara Lowens was a free agent. So I called T.O.'s agent at the time. He's had several. It wasn't Drew Rosenhaus. I forget who it was even at this point. And I asked him, I said, uh, are the Dolphins a possibility? They had a need for a receiver at the time. And, you know, he did what his job was, which was to use the media and use me and took advantage of my uh, being naive. And the, the number one guy for the Dolphins at the time, uh, also new to the beat, um, he's like, oh, yeah, we got to run with this. Uh, T.O. to the Dolphins, possibility. Um, you know, smart on his part because the headline was was – you know, uh, eye popping, but, um, one of the veteran Dolphins beast writers was like, um, you know, you're making me chase a story that's not going to happen because there's no way TO is coming with the Dolphins. The money won't work. Uh, they won't sign him, you know, people in the front office. And I talked to people in the front office. They said, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll consider him. But, um, you know, sometimes you just get, get leads and get, get things that uh, are told to you and they just don't come true, but you can sort of, you know, 
sent a scuttlebutt by, by things that happened in that regard. That's a pretty interesting story. And he didn't. Yeah, I, I felt I, I was I was embarrassed, you know, after um, kind of realizing how it all unfolded. But you know, it was uh, a, a good lesson early in, in my in my journalism career, um, and probably why I'm a fantasy writer right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's I guess you know, agents, you know, agents throw stuff around. We know that. And and and, and again, I I did speak to somebody in the Dolphins uh, organization, right, um, right? One of their front office people. You know, he told me before the uh, when the offseason started, he's like, hey, if you have any questions, you know, I'm happy to help out. And I I you know, it was the only time I ever ran anything by him. He said, you know, he's he's definitely somebody we'll consider. So it it, uh, it probably wasn't as bad as I'm making it out to be how yeah. I felt, but you know, I still felt a little. I guess embarrassed, you know, by um, something that clearly never happened. Well, I'm embarrassed if you don't have a Roku. That would really be embarrassing. Everybody, get yourself a Roku. Get Dad a Roku for Father's Day. Roku.com. They start at just twenty nine ninety nine. What is a Roku? Oh, glad yes. This is a great way to stream thousands of channels, live streaming or on demand. To your TV, and you can also get the free CBS Sports app and watch HQ all the time. If you have, this is great for sports fans, by the way. You can watch live sports on your Roku. It's going to save you a lot of money. If you have a subscription to any of the professional sports league apps, they're all available on the Roku platform. You can put it right on your TV. If you don't have any premium subscriptions, you can watch your local games live with apps through many cable providers. And if you just want to watch movies or TV shows, how about more than 500,000 of them available across free and paid channels? So I've got Showtime and HBO on there. I've got FX now. I've got um, the CBS Sports app, obviously. I've got Netflix. I got Amazon Prime. I watch all this stuff on my Roku. I got a few of them in the house, so uh, it's really easy to use. And it's basically just being able to watch TV via streaming, and, and instead of watching on your computer or your app or, or your phone or whatever, you know, you just use the Roku and uh, and enjoy it. So go to Roku.com. R-O-K-U.com. Starts at just twenty nine ninety nine for the basic player. There are higher end players as well. Check it out; you're gonna love it. All right, moving on to our next topic, Jamie. We've got more mini camps opening. So there are a whole bunch of them. Only five last week. Everybody else getting going this week. We're gonna talk about three teams. We're gonna talk about the Buffalo Bills, the Denver Broncos, and the Minnesota Vikings. Let's go from worst to best. Man, the Bills. I I really think. Based on nothing, they were, they wanted to lose last year, and they were surprisingly good, <laughs> and it bumped their rebuild back a year. I mean, I base it on the, like the trades they made before the season, getting rid of their defensive backs, and inexplicably benching Tyrod Taylor for Nate Peterman at San Diego when they were in the thick. You know, they're they're still alive. They ended up making the playoffs despite that game. Uh, so, Jamie, they can go full bore and just stink this year. Yeah, they really can. I mean, you know, you're, you're hearing, uh, uh, the, the trust the process phrase being thrown out a lot in Buffalo. And we know what that was for the Sixers in basketball. It was build towards something that, you know, we, we kind of got a glimpse of this year. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to work in football. Um, I agree with you. The, it certainly felt like there was a, a tanking involved. Um, the Peterman issue was, uh, I, I almost think like, a, a way to sabotage themselves, but not necessarily sabotage themselves because it was just so weird how it all unfolded. Because I think if they really wanted to go that route, they would have just stuck with Peterman the rest of the way. Um, well, he you know, was realizing so bad. That, I think he was so bad that they just, they just. Yeah, they would have, they would have lost the locker room in, in a lot of ways. Um, but it, 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 it just, 
it's hard to see them winning a lot of games this year. You know, they lost three offensive linemen. I don't think that they they fully expected. Now, now the Richie Incognito situation, how it's kind of all playing out with what happened to him uh, since he was released. But I, I, I don't think they expected to lose Eric Wood uh, to retirement because of the neck issue. I don't think they expected Richie Incognito to retire. Um, so they end up losing three offensive linemen from a year ago, which was a good offensive line, not a great one. And now it has a chance to just be horrific. You have a new quarterback, whether it's going to be A.J. McCarron or Josh Allen. Um, really the only offensive player of significance is LaShawn McCoy, who's, you know, north of 30, which is never a good thing for that position for a guy that has over 2,000 career carries, 2,500 career touches. Um, you know, so he could, he could have a breakdown, you know, not that, uh, you know, we get into that too much here, but for fantasy wise, that could be bad. And their number one receiver is Kelvin Benjamin, who hasn't looked right since his rookie season because of the torn ACL and knee problem. So, um, offensively, it's, uh, it, it could be, Terrible. And defensively, you know, I think they're going to put a lot on their rookie first round pick, their second rookie, or their second first round pick, excuse me, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, but I don't see a strong pass rush. I, I don't know, you know, how much, uh, you know, this team can be successful on either side of the ball. No, it's not a, the cupboard's a little bit bare there. They took Josh Allen seventh. They took Edmonds from Virginia Tech 16th. And then they spent their next three picks, rounds three, four, and five on defense. A defensive tackle, a cornerback, and a safety. So they're they're rebuilding, and and hopefully they got the quarterback. It's all going to come down to Josh Allen, and hopefully they got the quarterback they need. So let's go to the to the Broncos rather, who have the Vikings' old quarterback. They have Case Keenum. Their defense won't be as good. Their offense will be better. Can they compete in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos? Absolutely. You know, I mean, they got a gift with uh, Bradley Chubb. You know, I, I don't think that they expected that to happen, and you wonder what they would have done otherwise. Would they have, you know, taken uh, the, the offensive lineman from Notre Dame, um, whose name escapes me right now for whatever reason? I apologize. Uh, yeah, um, the one the Colts took. Yep. Um, would they have, uh, you know, made a move to take a quarterback? You know, that was kind of the uh, the scenario that they weren't expected to do that. But again, you never know. Uh, they there was some talk of them trading down, but they end up now with. You know, what could be a good pass rush situation, which was a big key to their defense. You know, uh, Shane Ray is an, is, is a good player, chance to be a, uh, I still think a, a very good player, but he's had some injury problems. He's injured again. Um, uh, but you have a, a, a good pass rusher, potentially opposite Von Miller that covers up so many things. And, you know, their, their secondary is going to look a little bit different. You know, they, they lose a key to leave. Um, but, you know, you still have Chris Harris, who's one of the best corners in football. If Case Keenum is right, you know, you you saw what Peyton Manning was able to do with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, the run game should be, I think, better than what it was. Not that it was bad last year with C.J. Anderson, who averaged over four yards a carry and ran for a thousand yards. But you know, you have uh, hopefully Devontae Booker healthy for a full season, and and now Royce Freeman. Um, you're going to get Jake Butt back. That's that's like a gift. You know, they drafted him two years ago. Yeah. Uh, all the reports on him are glowing at the tight end position. So I think the skill players are going to be very good, and they and they. Add Cortland Sutton and uh, Deshaun Hamilton. So this team, I think, is going to be one of the ones that you could, you know, teeter around, you know, 500 and, and and go one way or the other. I wouldn't be surprised if they're six and ten because Keenan misses a few starts. He's had some injury problems throughout the course of his career, or they go ten and six because he plays like he did a year ago, and this defense, you know, sort of gets back to what it was prior to last year. Quentin Nelson was the name that Quentin Notre Nelson, Dame yes, offensive lineman. Um, how good do you think Case Keenum is? I think we'll find out. He looked really good last year, but they 
They didn't really ask him to do all that much. They were still giving a ton of work to both Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray. And I think the weapons are, are pretty comparable. He's got two very sure. good wide receivers to be excited about, and, and but as you mentioned, and a, a rookie running back to be excited about. So how good do you think Case Keenum is? I mean, I, I think last year is probably his ceiling, you know, which is, you know, better than, than average, um, you know, given what we see in some of the quarterbacks around the league. Uh, is he gonna, you know, win games for you if things fall apart? You know, that Vikings defense was awesome. So I think having a good defense, having good skill players, um, he's, he's got a chance, you know, like you said, you know, uh, and I think we may have talked about this last week as well. The Chargers to me feel like they could be the, uh, the best team in the division, but it wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City is. It wouldn't be surprised if Denver is, and it wouldn't be surprised if Oakland is either. I mean, I, I think it's just one of those divisions that, um, could be, 10 and 6 wins it, you know, just because they're all going to be competitive with each other. But uh, if, if Case Keenan plays 16 games and, and Von Miller, Chubb, Harris, uh, you know, Brandon Marshall and, uh, and the linebacking core there, it's uh, it, it's still a very good team. Right now you're going to take who to win the AFC West? I, I'm still going to stick with the Chargers. You know, I, I just – you know, you talk about pass rush and and with uh, with, with Bosa and Ingram, th- those two guys are, are amazing. Um and I think even though they lose Hunter Henry, I still think the Chargers have enough offensively to, you know, be at, be competitive with the Chiefs, be competitive with the Raiders, and be competitive with the Broncos on that side of the ball. All right, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, uh, last year, getting to the NFC Championship game, losing at Philadelphia in blowout fashion, but they went 13 and 3. They went 7 and 1 at home and 6 and 2 on the road, and they will open with San Francisco at home and then at Green Bay. Couple of tests right out of the gate. Actually, look at the schedule. San Francisco at Green Bay, then a win against Buffalo, you'd think, at home. Then they're at the Rams, and that's a Thursday nighter, and at Philadelphia. So San Fran, Green Bay, the Rams and Philadelphia in their first five games, three of them are road games. Uh, alright, the Vikings get Kirk Cousins. Is this a major upgrade at quarterback from Case Keenum? I think it's a major upgrade if you look at it from the standpoint of what we just talked about with Keenum, at least what, what I suggested, that it, that was his ceiling. So I, I think Kirk Cousins has a higher ceiling um, and will be more consistent there than Case Keenum will be year over year. So um, Cousins, I think, just gives him a little bit more stability long term. But, you know, the, the question will become uh, the expectations are ratcheted up for him. Remember, he stepped into a situation where there were little expectations. Now the expectations built up as he got the franchise tag, but you know, he took over for RG3 and it was kind of like he was a savior to a certain extent. Now he comes in, he's got to be again, just as good as Case Keenum. Um, I, I know the playoff win was amazing against the Saints, but let's be real. It's as fluky as you could possibly get. So, uh, as much as they got blown out by Philadelphia, they probably didn't deserve to be there just based on how that game potentially unfolded. I'm not taking anything away from them, but it was, you know, just yeah, it was play. lucky. Oh, for sure. It was play, yeah, play of the ages. So, um, I, I think you look at it. Their defense is as strong as any teams in the NFL. Their offensive line continues to get better. They're getting Dalvin Cook back after you know the torn ACL from from playing just four games last year. And I think you're seeing a receiving core. Adam Thielen continues to get better year over year. I don't think we've seen the best of Stephon Diggs yet. That may happen this year. Um, and so. Cousins, I think, can be a little bit more uh, accurate, a little bit more consistent, a little bit better of a, a, a playmaker. The biggest thing for him is can he show up when the moments get tougher? Because that's kind of been the knock on him. Our, our, our colleague, Pete Prisco, 
um, has, has, you know, I think accurately pointed out that Cousins kind of folds a little bit when the, the moments tend to be a little bit tougher and he needs to sort of shine through that. The one thing though about the Vikings, and you've seen this time over time, when you're in a division or in a situation where you compete against one of the best of the best of the best, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the best, I, I think it's, uh, it's fair to say he's one of the all-time greats at the, at the quarterback position. He misses half the season and they run away with the division. Um, last year, Andrew Luck misses the entire season and we have two surprise playoff teams in Jacksonville and Tennessee. You know, I, I always go back to that, uh, 2008 Dolphin season. Tom Brady out for the year with the torn ACL, the Wildcat, they win the division. You know, you, you see it whenever this happens. And so now they have to play a first place schedule. Now they have to get Aaron Rodgers twice and the Bears will be better. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. The Lions are still going to be somewhat formidable. So will things be as easy for them, essentially, as they were last year? No, it's a really tough schedule for them. I mean, they're they're at Green Bay, at the Rams, at Philadelphia, at the Jets, at the Bears, at New England, at Seattle, and at Detroit. I mean, they're they're playing Green Bay, Philadelphia, the Rams, Patriots, and Seahawks all on the road. When did they get Philadelphia? Week five. Okay, so Foles should be. I'm sorry, Foles. Yeah, <laughs> Wentz should be fine by then. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really brutal schedule. I mean, look, I think they're a well coached team with a great defense, and the storyline for for me is is Dalvin Cook. I I think the world of him, and uh, I think he's going to be great if he's healthy. Could be one of the best running backs in football, and could add something in the passing game. And he's got a quarterback that has a history of throwing to running backs, spreading the ball around. Uh, they could be really good, but I also could see the schedule dropping them out of the playoffs. You're right. First place schedule really sucks. It's hard to know when you look at a schedule. It's just hard to know what's going to be a tough game. And the NFL is so different year to year. But I can confidently look, confidently look at Minnesota's schedule and say that is a tough schedule. I won't even include San Francisco. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with them. It seems like the arrow's pointing up for sure. But maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with the Niners. That's week one. That's a home game. I think they win that. But those well, remember games, what was it? The two years ago, three years ago, the Chip Kelly year, right? They got caught. Minnesota was supposed to be a good team. San Francisco went in there and, and it was run left, Carlos. Carlos Hyde running left all day, and and they beat them. Well, Carlos Hyde ain't gonna do that this year. But <laughs> but Jerry McKinnon revenge game. Oh, true. Uh, you yeah. love, that's your start of the week, week one. <laughs> that's right. You love it against the Vikings. Uh, all right, let's go to our next topic, Jamie. More mini camps are opening, and uh, it will be discussed on the Pick 6 podcast this week. Terrell Owens will not attend the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. He said, after visiting Canton earlier this year, I came to the realization that I wish to celebrate what will be one of the most memorable days of my life elsewhere. Uh, Alright, so I like to talk about controversial things more than others, so you don't have to comment on it. But I'm just going to say that really the big loser here is Gary Myers, the Hall of Fame voter who said he would not have voted for Terrell Owens if he had known that Owens would not accept, uh, would not attend. It's a dumb statement. It is. So I don't think we have to expand on it. Gary shouldn't have said that, and I hope you... You've deleted the tweet, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his Twitter to see if he apologized for it. I haven't seen anything that he did. But I hope you, I hope you don't take that, um, approach, cause that's just not the way to approach, uh, approach voting. Totally. I mean, I, I, I regret two things about this. Uh, one is that T.O. never signed with the Dolphins after he was reportedly <laughs> expected to go there. And. I heard that. Uh, yeah, uh, most people Breaking did. Breaking news. Um, uh, the second, I, I hope he changes his mind. Enjoy the T.O. moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, enjoy the moment. You you earned it. You should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, the fact that they made you wait because of what happened, you know, with your personality and and and, and some things in the locker room, it's it's so stupid. And he's he should enjoy this moment. Go go celebrate it with your family on the national stage. You're going to enjoy that day, but it's not going to be any different than really any other day. This is your chance to be on the stage to, you know, I mean, if he wanted to, he could, you know, flip the double bird to the the the, the media and to anybody who didn't vote him in, you know, and, and I don't think a lot of people, you know, I mean, the T.O. haters would be the T.O. haters, but I don't think a lot of people that look at it would say, yeah, they kind of deserve it. You know, I mean, who are you to, to make make these choices uh, in this regard? You know, the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, so, I mean, but I can I can sort of I can understand the criticism that he hurt some teams that he was on with his attitude. It, it wasn't just, oh, he's got a big personality. He's got an attitude. They did, I think the voters, and, and when you went back in time and, and saw the explanation that Gary Myers had for originally, you know, not supporting Terrell Owens going into the Hall of Fame, I believe he was on that side of it. You know, he said that it got a lot of debate and, and there was a thought that teams couldn't wait to get rid of Terrell Owens. So it was sort of a win-loss thing. It was a, it wasn't, you know, off the field per se. It was stuff that was, they thought was affecting on the field, uh, wins and losses. That's just that's just the argument. I, mean, I don't I know, man. It. I I I I never I I never really would look at it and say what he did when he was on the field hurt hurt the team. Uh, what, what he did in the locker room, I think, is the argument. Hurt. No, him. I get that, but you know, I mean, how many guys have been bad locker room guys? Yeah, he he's kind of a special case. <laughs> uh, the other, you know, what would have been really cool is if he were there to be inducted alongside Randy Moss. You're talking about two of the five best wide receivers of all time. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Of course, yes, neither yes. of them is the second best wide receiver of all time. <laughs> As we know, it's Calvin Johnson. Nobody yeah. agrees with me on that. Uh, um, last topic, Jamie. Uh, I'm wrong. Is that what you said? Yes. No, I'm right. Um, HBO released its first trailer for Hard Knocks featuring the Browns. How intrigued are you by this season of Hard Knocks? I'm always intrigued by Hard Knocks because I love the behind-the-scenes look. You know, uh, no, you of, love HBO. Of, Jamie loves everything on HBO. I do love it's HBO. I also thing. like the uh, Amazon series, you know, that that they've done at least in the past. Um, you know, chronicling the HBO. NFL teams. I know they did it with the Cardinals. I don't know if they've done it since, but um, I, I look. It's it. There's a lot of big personalities there. You know, you have clearly Baker Mayfield is going to be fun to watch and see how he, you know, handles uh, his first training camp. How that quarterback battle unfolds, um, you know, uh, you know, again, you know, people that know us know we 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 deal in in, in the fantasy football realm. I, I want to see the the backfield, how that goes with you know Nick Chubb and and how he factors in with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. I want to see how uh, Miles Garrett is doing after you know his really failed rookie season. I want to um, see Ryan Tannehill show up and clock Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon. That was my next, you know, uh, situation. What was that uh, all it, about? The quarterback I, I'll, I'll tell you what's funny better. is, um, so I, I, you know, it, it's it's hard to know which quarterbacks take their guys out to throw, and you know how that goes. But I was at Dolphins training camp this week, and unsolicited, before Jarvis Landry made the statement that he made, Ryan Tannehill said he was asked a question about Albert Wilson. And he said. You know, I he, he said I, I took a bunch of guys out off the facility, and I wanted to throw with Albert just to know like where he likes to, you know, where he where he knows where I like to go, where you know I know where, you know, when he turns his hips, where he's turned, you know, all the things you expect a, a guy to say. And I was like, okay, cool, you know, that Ryan is uh, 
is doing with those guys. And I was surprised to see that, that Jarvis said that. I wonder if it was just the situation of Tannehill was hurt for last offseason. Jay Cutler wasn't going to do that because of when he came in. And if that was just something with the, the, the coaching change, you know, maybe Adam Gay said, Hey, don't go do this. You, know, you don't know what, what it was. It just, it's just surprising. You know, like why, why are you taking shots at a guy that helped you? Yeah. Yeah. Set the NFL record for receptions right. for a guy in his first four years of his career. It just doesn't make sense. And, and then I really think that if I were starting a team, I'd rather have, this might be, I don't know that people are going to agree with this. I think I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Tyrod Taylor. Uh, well, certainly the pedigree would lend itself to wanting Tannehill. Um, the, the numbers, I think are career numbers, I think are actually in favor of Tyrod Taylor in terms of completion percentage, interception rate, those type of things. Well, interesting. He never throws interceptions. Um, but Tannehill prior to the first knee injury was as durable as any quarterback you could find, especially for the beating he took behind some bad offensive lines. And if you want to look at what Tannehill's, you know, maybe it's a ceiling, but you know, what he was starting to do toward the end of that, the 2016, his 2016 season before the knee injury, when he started to take hold of Adam Gase's offense, you know, that's the guy I think you're hoping to see. But yeah. like if, if I was Jarvis Landry asked that or asked that question or wanted to pump up my new quarterbacks, which he easily could have done, he could have just not said anything about right. the guys that he had. Or if he wanted to take a shot at somebody, take a shot at Cutler. Like taking a shot at Tannehill to me made no sense. Yeah, it was it was weird, but it does add a little bit of maybe he was just doing it for the cameras. He was doing it for Hard Knocks purposes. Uh, I I don't really watch Hard Knocks, not because I don't want to, just because like you know I'd rather watch Billions or something. Because I'm a company guy, I watch Showtime shows, not HBO, <laughs> Jamie. But yes, uh, and, and your uh, your BFF Kelly O'Coin. I I feel I feel like Hugh Jackson's boring. You know, I feel like I feel like he's kind of boring. Well, like, he was on there before when he was the office coordinator for the Bengals. Was he exciting? You've seen every episode ever of Hard Knocks. Well, he was, uh, he was, you know, a big fan of, of Giovanni Bernard. And, and again, I was, you know, very interested in, in how Bernard was going to be sort of infused into the offense. And so they, uh, they had Hugh Jackson there a lot. Yeah, I, I, I can see Hugh Jackson being a little bit boring. Yeah, I'm not that into this team. I don't think they're, I don't think they're that interesting. You know, I, based on the extremely lame entrance into, Lake Erie last week. Like that, yeah. you know, not really looking forward to. I'm actually just hoping to see our buddy Nathan Zagura. Oh yeah, works, for sure. Who does media for the Browns and uh, that would be awesome to see him uh, be part of the process. Yes. The hard knocks process. That would be good. Trust the process if it includes Nathan Zagura. And will will he be back tomorrow? I guess you'll have to find out. For Jamie Eisenberg, I'm Adam Azer. I want to thank you all for listening to the Pick 6 Podcast. It's been a pleasure to guest host. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you later. Bye.